yes, we all love our mothers and our significant others, but they're not bookkeepers. We don't want to hire our mothers and our wives and our husbands to do bookkeeping. Absolutely. You're right. Because something's going to go wrong there. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Conversation with Muse. On this episode, we are going to be speaking about the shmoney, financials, accounting, um, a little bit about the business side. So we're going to be diving a little bit into how to structure your finances. If you are a business owner, what that looks like, how you can get help. I have the talented and the amazing Claudia with me on today's episode. Hi, Claudia. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. How are you? Good. My first podcast. Hey, we caught your cherry. (laughs) Your podcast cherry, that is. So I'm so excited to have this conversation with you, but let's just go ahead and start. So for every episode, I love to start with just like an icebreaker. Um, Sometimes I do this or that. Sometimes I kind of just switch it up. So this this episode, I want to do, if you were stuck on a deserted island, Mm -hmm. what are the three books? that you would take with you that you can read for the rest of your life? Well, that's easy. Um, Harry Potter's one, two, two, three, and then somehow put four, five, six, and seven <laughs> into the third one, and then just bring all of it with me. Or okay. I don't know, do they have all seven books put together in one like binding? In a, I'm sure they, well, not in one bind, but I'm sure they have like the package, you know, where they have all seven but okay so if that's one collection and you can take that with you what else would you take um so i've i've just recently read a book called educated by tara westover and i really couldn't put it down so definitely would have to be one of the books i would take with me okay and a third book that i would have to take with me is probably i mean do we consider notepads a book (laughs) because I live for a good notepad. Okay, so that's it's not a book, but I can get the concept. So you can jot your thoughts down, maybe do some journaling. Okay, so that's I'll I'll take that as a okay, so a notepad. <laughs> yeah, now, definitely a notepad. If post-its are not in that uh, equation, probably some post-its too. Claudia, you you're on a deserted island. You're taking too many things now. You have a case of books, you have notepads and post-its, but we'll go with uh let's say we'll go with notepads. I, well, yeah, notepad, because that's count as a book. So that's fine. It's a book. <laughs> it's a book. It's an empty book. True. So you'll fill it with your thoughts while you're there, and then they can turn it into a book book by Claudia. A memoir <laughs> of me deserted on the island. Exactly. (laughs) I want you to tell the audience a little bit about who you are and kind of a little bit about what you do. Sure. Um, So everyone, hi, my name is Claudia. I am originally from Brazil. I moved here when I was 10 and I am now um, an owner of a bookkeeping and consulting um, accounting practice. And the way that I got into it was... um, just because I really wanted some job stability and job security in my life. Um, Moving here from Brazil, one of the reasons why we moved here was because of that, because of, you know, the American dream, being able to be secure, being able to be financially stable. And opening up this practice for me was the answer for that. And 
Um, yeah, and then that's basically the reason why I got into it. Um, aside from accounting, I love thrifting. I love um, doing things that are outside, planting, all that good stuff. That's fun, um, nature stuff. So if you were to put a title on kind of what you do, would you put a title as bookkeeping or would you put the title of um, controller? What would you put a title on it and call it? So it's it's an interesting question because um, I guess the answer would be all of the above. Okay. Um, it, it really does depend on what kind of position you would hold within the company that you're working with. Okay. You know, if you're working with a um, one person business, maybe you're just a bookkeeper. Mm -hmm. But if you're working with a company that has maybe a payroll of 15 employees, maybe now you're the controller or your finance specialist. So I have been my my main title is president of my business. Yes, Yes. But I have been an accounts receivable specialist, an accounts payable specialist, a bookkeeper, an accountant, a controller, a finance specialist. So it really does depend on how you see yourself within the business that you're working with. Okay, which makes complete sense. So how, where in the like company's organizational structure would that sit? Because you speak about, you know, if it's a one person business, then you're probably the bookkeeper. But if you're in an organization that has like a CFO and people that are the financials, where in the organizational structure would, would you fit? Well, I guess that also goes back to how large the business is. Okay. Um, it, it could vary. You know, I do think that at, at in some businesses, you hold various different positions and, and you're kind of, you, you're kind of um, in, in many different places at the same time. So I guess you could put yourself, you know, below the CEO at some point, okay. whereas you can put yourself below the CFO in some other companies. So it, you know, it, it sounds it sounds cliche, but it really is a matter of what kind of business you are working with. Ultimately, True. Um, the businesses that I work mostly with are businesses that um, are either taking off. You know, they're kind of like in that stage where they're um, they've done well enough to hire an outside consulting company. Yes. But they're just not at the level where they can hire a full on staff accounting team. Mm -hmm. So. Um, those kind of businesses I would consider, um, to be sitting, I guess, right below the CEO or, um, if they have a finance specialist somewhere in that area. Okay. And this, does that answer your question? Did no, I completely go? No, no, no. You definitely did answer my question, which <laughs> kind of triggered another question for me as far as, so are you technically working in tandem with the CFO? So if the CFO is building strategies, they're saying, Hey, Claudia, we can only spend this amount. So kind of help us budget how we spend that money or how money is coming in and how we can allocate kind of, would that sound? Cause I'm just trying to get a perfect understanding for myself. Really? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Does that sound accurate? Yes and no. Okay. Um, a lot of, and a lot of times the owner of the company, if they don't have a CFO, they are the CFO. Yes. Yeah. So in a way, it's kind of like very collaborative, collaborative work, because at that point, you know, the owner of the company is the CEO, is, is the CFO, mm -hmm. has ideas, knows the, the industry, mm -hmm. 
um, has some idea of what they want to do for budgeting. And then we kind of come together and we collaborate where I present the numbers and historically what has happened in the business Mm -hmm. or in the industry. And then, you know, that's where it kind of, it it just becomes like a, like a one-on-one sort of, um, project okay unless they have you know that sort of setup in their business and I think it's interesting too to sometimes do this kind of budgeting exercises and accounting and finance related exercises with some people that are not necessarily CFOs but Mm -hmm. maybe that are sitting at the top of the business maybe they have a you know a president that doesn't necessarily focus on on the finance, maybe they're more focused into operations, mm-hmm, yeah. but even someone like that is perfect to collaborate with. It's good to put, you know, minds together. Yeah, no, that's perfect. That's perfect. Because I wasn't even like thinking operations either, because it does go in tandem and some of like decision-making and money and all of that stuff. So how does your Definitely. business help other businesses, um, streamline their finances? Well, I guess, um, before going into the streamlining part, um, the main the, the main reason why my business um, provides an advantage to small businesses small businesses or um, growing businesses is because I bridge the gap between the CPA firm that will ultimately um, file the tax returns okay. for the business or the individual okay. and then the internal accounting. So what I focus on is the internal accounting aspect. Got it. So the bookkeeping, the payroll, the sales tax, things that a CPA firm typically wouldn't be involved in. And if they would be involved in, it would be at a, um, it wouldn't be um, as of a, uh, a closer relationship, let's say. Got it. Okay. So I come in and I am in your business's numbers. I am looking through your financials. I am looking to see, you know, comparatives where things went, when, you know, into, into crazy numbers, let's yeah, say, yeah. but the way to streamline that is by, um, obviously putting things into a software mm-hmm. where, and, and in this case, most companies do use QuickBooks and basically seeing your business's vitals and, and the health of your business yeah. in one platform. And funny enough, you know, you wouldn't, you would think that, okay, that's common sense. Everyone has a set of QuickBooks files, but that's not true. You know, I've worked with businesses where um, they have business accounts and personal accounts uh-huh. and they're using their personal accounts for business related expenses. And so those expenses never make it into your financials. Mm-hmm. So you're looking at your financials, you say, oh, wow, you know, um, my 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 expenses for contractors are, are very low. I've only paid a thousand dollars, but really you've paid, let's say, five thousand in your personal account. Got that's it. not even there. Got it. Okay. So. You know, there's things that that I put in place to help streamline a business financials and, and tax prep, let's say. Yes. That um, that are basically that it's it's putting together, um, you know, things like, hey, one is business, one is personal. Keep it separate. Mm-hmm. All the business will go into, um, you know, a, a software that can do all the things so not only will QuickBooks, um, you know, host your, your books, it'll also file your payroll. Mm-hmm. It'll help you calculate sales tax and all of the things that could, you know, that could have been taking you hours to do now, you know, is streamlined in a way. 
I love that because I think one of the biggest things that she just highlighted, which just resonates with me is for businesses. Initially, when I first got into business, everything was just kind of clustered. <laughs> business personal was just all together. So um, that's a really great point where you're saying you're paying contractors and maybe you're paying it from one account and it's your, because you go to that account all the time. It's like natural. Like, let me just pay it from this account, but it's a business expense or whatever that is. So with you saying that, what are some of the biggest um, mistakes that you've seen businesses like do when it comes to their accounting? Well, you know, it, it's, it's growing pains, I guess you could say, True. Yeah. you know, every business starts small, obviously some have funding, some don't, yeah. but, um, accounting from what I've seen, the experience that I've had kind of gets put in the back burner until it's time to file. Yes. Yes. You yes. know, March 15th is the deadline for most businesses and, you know, February 15th, People are scrambling. They don't know what they're doing. You know, taxes are going to become due. What's happening? What's going on? Yeah. So <laughs> that's um, me. That's so me. <laughs> Go ahead. And I get stressed. Yeah. Like I get hives literally thinking about taxes and not because I don't right. pay my taxes because it's thinking, oh my gosh, is everything for the business like structured or, you know, um, sorry. Right. Continue. <laughs> no, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And so then, you know, that part of not being, um, not focusing on the accounting aspect of your business mm -hmm. is something that I've seen, um, you know, that really hurt the business in the long run. And, um, you know, yes, we all love our mothers and our significant others, but they're not bookkeepers. We don't yeah. want to hire our mothers yeah. and our wives and our husbands to do bookkeeping. Absolutely. You're right. Because something's going to go wrong there. <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. Or if some random family member, this is like, oh, I know to use Excel. Right. Yeah. Right. And so I do see a lot of that, you know, and as a matter of fact, a lot of the businesses that I work with um, do have a family member in place doing the bookkeeping. Mm -hmm. But so long as you have someone like me, let's say, kind of doing the review and the consulting, yes. that's totally fine. As a yes. matter of fact, I'm, you know, I, I train, I train anybody that is not a professional bookkeeper mm -hmm. to become one or to at least be dangerous enough. Okay. So it's okay to do that, but you have to have other, other, you know, other places, other, other people in place to sort of check your work and make sure that things are, you know, done correctly. Okay. So kind of you come in into the as a cons on the consultant front because we know that someone can outsource your entire accounting business to your to your brand and you guys kind of just take it run with it and do what needs to be done but you're saying on a consulting level you're able to just come in and I already have my sister who does my accounting so you're able to come in and say okay show me what you guys did last year and then kind of just clean that up and just put things into perspective so next year we're not in a jam per se yeah exactly and also to to, you know, correct what they've been doing wrong. Yeah. Okay. That's perfect. So we always, and, and the thing for me is that one of the things that I've, that I've noticed with other people in, in my area is that, you know, the things that they know, they keep to themselves. And I am totally against that. As a matter of fact, you know, if I ever have anybody that is referring me clients and, and maybe I'm not able to take that client for whatever reason, you know, I'm happy to introduce my competition to that referral myself, because I really do think that, you know, it comes, it comes back twofold. So I have, um, 
you know, I have this, uh, this program that I use on the computer where it kind of records my screen and my voice. Mm -hmm. And whenever I speak to a client that I know is doing something absolutely wrong, that is can be so easily fixed. You know, I train them, I send them this, this video and I say, listen, this is what you're doing wrong. This is what you need to do to make it better. And you know, these are the things that just kind of elevate the business without you even trying. It's Absolutely. just you're trying to share good knowledge. Absolutely. So I'm a school so of yeah, that so same thought. A, <laughs> I'm a school of yeah. that same thought because I feel like when you learn teach and your sauce is your sauce, no one's going to do what you do. Like Claudia have her sauce and you and I can like cook the same meal, but the way you prepare it may be 10 times better because it's your sauce, right? So um, I definitely appreciate that. And not thinking that if you shared a client with someone that it's not going to be reciprocated in the long term. So I, right. I, that's, that, that's really, really, really good. And, and in that same example too, it's not even so much about, you know, my sauce being different than, than someone else, but it's about maybe, my recipe wouldn't be as good Mm -hmm. if I didn't have someone doing it right from the beginning. Gotcha. Absolutely. No, that's, that's really good. I can just go into like ramble on about people who just kind of hold things near and dear to their heart and not saying it's not your business, it's your brand. Um, which is kind of why we do the podcast is to share information with people and just kind of scratch the surface a little bit so they can kind of think about what they're doing. So as far as the accounting scratch the surface, so someone can be like, but wait, am I doing the right thing in my account? Do I need to outsource it? Should I be hiring someone to do these type of things? And what are some of the, how should a business uh, owner or someone that maybe they just started a business or they've had a business for a while, medium-sized business, whatever it, it should be, how should a business owner prepare themselves to be in the best financial position for the business? Well, to be in a, to be in a good financial position, Versus being organized in your accounting, um, you know, department Mm -hmm. is different. Um, So being being financially uh, in in a good financial position is something that does vary with every industry and how every company is set up. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes the funding for a business really doesn't come until after the accounting is organized. Mm -hmm. So it really does vary. But, um, you know, when I get on a call with a client and it's a new client and they tell me, Hey, you know, I'm starting a new business. Um, I basically lead them into the area of, Hey, you know, first things first, get a business account. Second thing, Mm -hmm. put everything in the business card. Don't use your personal, Mm -hmm. make sure that, you know, your annual reports are being filed make sure you have a QuickBooks file set up. Mm -hmm. So, you have to take those steps before you're even looking at the financial position of a company because you can't even do that if you don't have the whole picture yes. of the business, okay. of sense. the spending, you know, maybe history. Maybe you need to have three months history to see how the business has been performing before even discussing the financial position. So, again, the answer to everything is it does vary. <laughs> But that is true. That is true. And I think that that's um, the beautiful thing about my business too, you know, because it is not a cookie cutter, one thing fits for everyone type of of service. Mm -hmm. It varies with literally every company. Even if you're in the same industry, it's going to be different. Completely different. No, you're absolutely right. And I love that you brought back the idea of it's not cookie cutter. Um, 
because we, we say the same thing. Well, I say the same thing in marketing. And like we had to, in college, I, rem- I will never forget this. We had to build a, um, like kind of position your business. And the one thing that I always said to myself, because I've seen it in, and I'm sure you've seen this with accounting, there would there be an accountant that comes in and try to do everything that they did for every other business for this business. And it's just like a company would be like, well, I hired this person and they didn't do it. Da, da, da. So the idea that you're saying it's not cookie cutter, it's tailored for every single client differently um, is a unique place to be. Uh, right. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And you have to consider also the client's needs, mm-hmm. but also the client's wants. You know, I have clients that come to me and they don't want to talk to me for the entire year until it's time to file the taxes, yeah. believe it or not. <laughs> wow. Then I have clients that want to be very involved. So we create shared worksheets. Mm-hmm. You know, they have visibility fully of their of their books and where expenses go and how things are classified, let's say. So it's a matter of not only making it customized for the actual accounting work, but it's about also taking the time to understand what the client's wants are and how they want to work with you, you know, for the future. Yeah. Do they want to text me? Do they want to call me? Do they want to email me? So you that know, level and of then communication and- is just made clear throughout the entire process. Right. Got it. Yeah, that makes sense. And yeah. um, you kind of mentioned that, you know, some of the things that a business should do is make sure they separate the business and the personal, have a business account, you know, have some kind of setup where everything is getting put into like a QuickBooks or something. But what are the, what are the three tips that outside of that, that you will give a business owner when it comes to their, their accounting, as far as just their finances and the overall business outside of do the business and the personal separate? Well, I think that one, the, the one main um, tip that I would provide is the one that we already spoke of, which is you don't want to hire someone that is not experienced in bookkeeping to do the accounting for your business. And, and again, you know, it's something that I've seen so often that can really cause some problems down the road. Um, I've seen tax returns have to get amended for, you know, errors in the bookkeeping itself. So that would probably be my first one. The second one that I would uh, provide tip wise wouldn't even be so much on the accounting and consulting uh, services that I would provide, but it would be more of to do a research, a good, a good research of the industry that you're in. Okay. And um, a lot of my clients, they come to me and they ask me about, hey, can you help me um, get a credit card or can you help me get a line of credit? Yes. Can you help me get funding for my business? And, you know, one of the things that I, I, I bring up all the time are SBA loans mm-hmm. and not only SBA loans, but loans from, you know, the city has grants, the county has grants, the state has grants. There are federal grants. Yeah, absolutely. So I also, you know, I, I, the second tip is to do your research in when it comes to funding and creating, you know, um, ways for you to to have additional funds for your business is to to do, you know, research. Mm-hmm. And the third thing that I would um, provide as a tip is to always have payroll for yourself. And what does that mean? When you are a business owner, 
there's really two ways that you can take money out of your business. Mm -hmm. You can either just cut a cut, cut a check to yourself and that would be considered a distribution or you would run payroll for yourself or for your staff. And a lot of times what happens is um, the business, the entrepreneurs, the business owners, they don't set up payroll for a very long time and they just continue to take out distributions and distributions and distributions. And what happens is, you know, you're not withholding taxes throughout the entire year. And then you're hit with a big tax liability. And, you know, they come to me and say, Claudia, how is that possible? You know, look at this business. I didn't even make that much money. And, you know, the, 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 the answer is, well, you've taken out money without processing it through payroll. And now you're going to have to pay the taxes. Yeah. Yeah. So it's very easy. I know that accounting sounds complicated and it sounds like a headache, but accounting can actually be a lot of fun and it can be very easy, especially because we're in the year 2022 now and everything in a way is already streamlined for you. It's just a matter of making sure that you have everything in place to make it work correctly for you. Mm -hmm. Literally, you're talking and my palms are sweating because (laughs) when you mention about, you know, doing payroll for yourself and comment like mistake number one is just to swipe that card, swipe that business card, swipe that business card. So the three tips are getting someone that knows what they're doing, which I think is chef's kiss. Okay. Perfect. Um, getting someone that knows what they're doing, doing the research or market research, doing the market research, and then also paying yourself or just making sure that you have some kind of a payroll system set up. That is. Right. And, and I guess in a way too, where I was going with payroll is tax planning. Mm. So it's very important to do tax planning in general. Even if you, even if you are in the first year of your company and you don't foresee any income, you always want a tax plan because there are a lot of things that, um, you know, businesses owners don't really necessarily think of that, um, you know, can come into play uh, when it comes time for you to file your taxes. For example, um, I myself have, uh, you know, I have the income for my own business, but I also have uh, rental income that I collect from, from tenants that my husband and I have. And when you put those together, those two types of income together, you're now suddenly in a whole new tax bracket bracket and maybe you'll owe more money. So you wouldn't have known that if you didn't do the necessary tax planning to, you know, to anticipate either a difference in your tax bracket or an estimated tax payment that should have been made on your behalf. So um, I guess, I guess I'll also add a fourth one in there, which is tax (laughs) Tax planning. (laughs) Which I yeah. love, but I would love for you to just elaborate a little bit about um, what you kind of mentioned it, but to you, it seems so simple, right? So for someone who is listening, how do we make that as elementary as possible to be like, what does tax planning include? Does it simply just mean doing the payroll like you mentioned or what other facets of the equation is there that we're not, we didn't just say that someone who's listening right. needs to be like, oh, shoot, I never thought about that. Right. Well, when it comes to tax planning, the first thing you want to do is obviously find someone that you can tax plan with. Okay. You know, if you go to um, H&R Block, let's say, if you have a a point of contact there, 
you know, that can be your first start into tax planning is reaching out to a contact and saying, hey, you know, it's getting to that time of the year, I really need to take a look at my overall finances and my tax standing for the year. Mm -hmm. Can you help me out? But if you're, you know, if you're doing self-filing, so if you're going on TurboTax, let's say, and you're doing your own tax returns, or if you don't necessarily have a point of contact, then you'll just go wherever, you know, the tax service, I guess, is the most convenient or the least costly, then, you know, you wouldn't be able to tax plan. So as far as tax planning, the first thing you want to do is find the right point of contact. Okay. And if you find the right point of contact, I sure hope that they'll be able to turn all this terminology into, you know, very elementary, something very understand. Right. Yeah, no, that's perfect. Right. And that's, and that's really, you know, what tax planning is about is just finding the right person that knows what they're doing, that can explain it to you in easy terms. And from there, you know, you should, you you just allow that person to ask the right questions Mm -hmm. and do what they have to do in order to, you know, basically present you the correct or the estimated tax planning. And, and you, and you just take it from there. And, and it's really quite that easy because at that point, you're just answering questions. You know, did you, um, did you have a change of status during the year? For Mm -hmm. example, Mm -hmm. did you get married or divorced or? Um, did you lose a, you know, a, a, a spouse? Um, did you have any, did you, did you invest in any, in any stocks that you didn't in the past? So it's really just a matter of you saying yes and no and finding the right person to put those yes and no's together in a yeah. way where they can see the, the big picture. Yeah. Because I think, thank you. <laughs> like, thank <laughs> you for that. Because a lot of, especially pandemic years, right? In the last two years, a lot has changed with a lot of people, you know, where now they have invested in like crypto stuff or they've invested in stock and now somehow everybody is on the stock market, which is a good thing, you know? But if those questions aren't being asked by the person that you're tax planning with or a preparer, then you wouldn't know to bring it up because you think that it's nothing. Even if you just spent, say, $2,000 and that $2,000 haven't really amounted to a $10,000 return or any significant return, but you still need to just say that to the person that's doing your taxes, yes? So you can kind of see what it does. Exactly. Because what's going to happen is the person that you're going to go to when you file your taxes at the end of, you know, or in April, let's say, if you're doing your own taxes, they may not ask you those questions. They may just say, was everything the same as last year? And maybe you're in a rush or maybe you didn't think twice and you just say, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, everything was the same as last year. Meanwhile, maybe, um, you know, you invested in crypto yeah. or maybe, you know, you did have a, a, a change of, of status that you just forgot to mention, or maybe this is a, this is actually an interesting one too, because, you know, with the IRS, when you're married, you can either marry, you can file married filing jointly mm-hmm. or filing separate. Mm-hmm. And you'll never know what the best scenario is for you unless you take the time to, to plan that out with whoever will be filing your taxes. So it's not even just a matter of letting the tax preparer know what different has happened in your life during the year, but also to strategize and see how are things, um, you know, going to end up in your plate for you. And if you don't strategize soon enough, you may not have the adequate time to make the steps within the year that you're filing for. 
So that's another thing too. You know, you, you are limited to the time that you have to do the necessary tax planning and moving and the shuffling of the funds and whatever else it may be. For example, um, I have a couple of clients that at the end of the year were showing a lot of profit in their businesses. Mm -hmm. So I said, listen, you have a little money set aside. You're showing profit. We need to lower this. What kind of expense does your business need that you've been holding off on that maybe, you know, you can spend at the end of the year? Oh, you know, we needed to buy this pickup truck. Maybe now's the time. Absolutely. Go and get this car before 1231. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so so it's it's those kind of things. So I really love what you mentioned about, you know, getting getting all the stuff that you've done in the year to your tax preparer or just say, hey, this is what I do. So that's really great advice. Um, the last thing I wanted you to do is to tell everyone how they can get in contact with you for your services, um, where they can reach out to you if they want to use you for their business or recommend you for someone else's business. How can someone get in contact with you? Sure. So um, definitely the best way would be to uh, shoot me an email, mm-hmm. Claudia at accountingcontroller.com. That's my business name. Okay. Uh, my website, accountingcontroller.com. Or Instagram is fine as well. And my handle name on Instagram is accounting controller as well. Um, and that would basically be it. I, I, uh, I don't have a work line. So everything comes through my main phone, which I actually love. And, um, you know, I'm also available via text message or a phone call away as well. Perfect. So we'll go ahead and link that for everyone. It will be in the description if you're listening on any of the streaming platforms. One last thing. So I ask this on every show and I would love to hear this from you. What is one piece of advice that you've gotten in the past that you hold dear to your heart and you still go back to even to today? One piece of advice. Um, Well, this this wasn't necessarily um, an advice that I received, but it's something that I follow with, um, that's very close to my heart and that I follow with a daily basis. And that is to never worry about how much money you're making, worry about the relationships you're cultivating. And that will bring, will bring in the money that you want to ultimately make. Um, I do believe that the success I've had with my business so far has been because of the relationships that I've made and the people that I've met. And I think that, you know, when I come up, they all come up with me. Mm -hmm. So if there is one advice I never, I ever want to make is to just build good relationships. That's perfect. And that's that. And then everything else comes from that. And it happens. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great advice. And I just want to piggyback that with Kanye West said something like that the other day. And I was just like, cause he spoke about just having his backpack. Cause he was like, I don't need money anywhere I go. I know people because I've had relationships. So when you say that, that's the only thing that comes in my head. It's just like money will come if you're doing what you love and you're doing it right for the right people and doing it with a clean heart 
then the money will follow. So I love that, Claudia. It Thank will. you so much for it that. Will. That's really great. In twofold, in twofold. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> Um, again, Claudia, thank you so much for this conversation. I felt like I learned a lot from this conversation because we've had money conversations on the podcast in the past, but this kind of puts it into a more structured um, concept. Thank you guys for tuning into another episode of Conversation with Muse. If you've gotten to this far and you enjoy the content that you heard, go ahead and subscribe to the channel, uh, like, share, and tell your friends and family members about us. And if you are listening on all the streaming platforms, just go ahead and share it with your friends and family. Uh, thanks for listening to another episode and I'll see you guys next time.